Welcome to the Stranger Times Podcast. I'm sorry, the award-winning Stranger Times Podcast. You won an award, we don't like to talk about it. Uh, I hope you're well. Happy New Year, ladies and gentlemen. As I record this, it is 2024. And you can hear me actually trying to remember that in my head. I'll be honest with you. You know how we always have that thing where God goes out, oh, I'm not used to, I've just got used to saying the last year and now it's the next year. I don't think I ever recovered from it not being 2021. It feels like 2021 didn't really happen. Can you recall anything that happened in 2020? I mean, 2020, we all remember there's one thing that happened. But 2021, I think we just spent most of it in a coma just thinking, oh, God, is that over? Please let that be over. Anyway, uh, I hope you're enjoying 2024. Again, had to think about it. And yes, exciting. It's now January 2024 as I'm recording this. I'm saying this in case someone's listening to this later on. Obviously, you're listening to it in January because you're a proper fan. But um, yeah, the book is finally, it's about to come out. It's like two or three weeks away now. It's very exciting. It's, it's, uh, um, because I'll be honest, it's, it's a long old wait for these things to come out. I mean, no, if you, maybe not for you, but uh, I wrote the thing nearly a year ago and uh, I've been very excited about it. And for it to finally be coming out is thrilling. And speaking of thrilling, I am actually sharing the prologue of the book with you today, read by, of course, the wonderful Bernard McDonald. I do love a prologue, by the way. If you're a fan of my other work, you will notice that I think most of my books have a prologue. Some people don't like prologues. I see this debate occasionally on readers' book reading forums. Amazing, I see people say, yeah, I don't ever read a prologue. I just go straight into chapter one. It's like, speaking as an author, if I wrote a prologue, there was a good reason. Just read the prologue. If you don't want to read the prologue, don't read the book. What are you doing with your life? How busy are you that you can't read the prologue, but you can read the whole book? I don't, if all the things people get annoyed about... um. That and someone once sent me an irate email about saying, please stop saying pre-order. It's either, it's order. There's no pre-order. It's like, well, actually there is, because if it's not out yet, then you pre-order it. And then if it's out, you just order it. It was one of the weirder <laughs> complaints I've ever had, just because you go, why does this bother you? Anyway, um, I do feel like I'm rambling more this year, which is, let's be honest, none of us need to hear any more of that. Before we get to that, a bit of admin. If you'd like to pre-order the hardback, and yeah, I've, I've gone through this before, you know, you get the copy of the news, physical copy of the newspaper. You'll get the audio slash ebook of Meanwhile in Dublin, which Morgan C. Jones is recording at the minute. You'll get that for free. Uh, there's also apparently there's a bookmark. I didn't even notice, but apparently I think I'm not, I'm not sure everyone's getting one. But if you if you get in quick enough, you might get a bookmark, which is cool. And there's oh yeah, and you went you 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 remember the chance of having a character named after you in a Stranger Times uh, next Stranger Times book. So all that just go to the strange the Stranger Times UK if you haven't done already and pre order on hardback or if you'd like to. Why does my watch do that every time? It's actually told me about the Stranger Times. Oh God, I don't want to read the Wikipedia. Terrifying. Um. But yes, you can do all of that if you want, or it's also available on audiobook and ebook, and all. I know we've had lots of pre-orders for them as well. By the way, the response has been great, so thank you very much. Just a quick rundown of events. I know I've said this before, so I'll go through because there's been a bit of bit of news. Basically, we're doing uh, January twenty third. I will be in Leeds. Twenty fourth, I will be in Liverpool. January twenty fifth, I will be in um, the hometown gig, Manchester, and then the following. So the 30th yeah i'm gonna say the 30th tuesday the 30th i'm gonna be in glasgow with chris brookmeyer which um, i'm very that's more of a treat for me than it is for you if i'm honest <laughs> my one of my all-time heroes well, but honestly, one of my i was thinking of this during the week it's weird it's like i'm gonna 
have a chat with one of my all-time heroes and we're supposed to be talking about my work and I'd much rather talk about his. Um, I might try and hijack my own my own event. But yes, on the 21st, we were hoping to have an event in London and I won't bore you with the logistics, but basically we couldn't get something sorted out between one thing and other venues and stuff. Just let us down a bit. We were trying very hard. We are hoping to do an event in London um, in the very nearish future. I'll give you more information on that as soon as I get it. But unfortunately, things just couldn't work out for that day. But on the upside, it did give us a chance to put in another event, which is going to be in a lovely bookshop in Kibworth, which is in Leicestershire, I believe, which is down in the Midlands. So if you're around that way, uh, it's Kibworth Books. I'm, I'll be honest, I'm thrilled because, well, obviously we love doing the Waterstones events and they've been great for us and all that. They've been really supportive. I do always want to support indies as well. So Kibworth Books is, a, is a, by all accounts, a cracking indie. I've not been there, so I'm excited to be there. That's on Monday, the 22nd of January. Um, oh, I forgot those dates right. Yeah, 22nd of January, that's right. And I think that's a 7.30 start. So if you're anywhere around the Midlands, uh, do come along there. I'll be signing books and stuff as well. And people have asked, by the way, at the events, I, I know bookshops might say different things on a, on a things, but people have asked if I bring along X book, like one of the bunny books, will you sign it? Of course I will. If people come to an event, I would be delighted to sign Ang. I mean, if you do turn up with a massive crate full of all of my books, you might have to wait till the end, but I'm, I'm more than happy to sign anything because I really appreciate people turning up to these things. I mean, they're a lot of fun, generally. The events are, are great crack normally. Um... They've all been actually all the ones I've done have been great. So if you can get along to one, I know that won't, won't be suit most of you. But if for those of you who can, please do come along. It's great to see people, and we will have the newspaper and stuff there as well. So if you want to buy your book there on the night, you will of course still get a copy of the newspaper and all of that stuff. Oh, speaking of which, I'm signing a load of. Uh, speaking of wanting to support indie books, I'm signing a load of book plates, uh, which is the only thing you get if you pre-order by the way, but I'm signing them for a load of indie bookshops, so basically they'll be sending them out to a bunch of indie bookshops who have the, the book in so if you want to support your local independent bookshop, just drop in, ask them can you pre-order Relight My Fire and check that you'll get a signed one and um, they can just check in with Penguin and they should be able to get it no problem at all, so uh, yeah, and it's it's um, that's all going to be great fun, so on to what the podcast is today, oh just quickly on the podcast by the way, we've got two basically it's going to be a couple more stories coming up we're very excited, a couple of short stories I've written that are going to be coming up as well and then we'll have like another preview of the book and then it'll be over, if you have not by the way, just jump and check out everyone just in case you've missed any episodes there was the Christmas special ran by Brendan McDonald, which was a brand new short story, there was the Halloween special with a it was basically the live, I was sorry, I did it live, I think the Halloween event. So there's a recording of me reading a short story live, which didn't go as bad as we expected. Let's put it that way. And there's also, uh, I think there's an episode where I read chapter one of Relight My Fire that I did quite a few months ago. So just basically check back in the feed if you have, if you missed any of them. But onto this, this, as I said, is the prologue of Relight My Fire. Now, it does bring up something that keeps coming up and I want to to talk about it because I wouldn't say it annoys me, but it concerns me. Basically, occasionally people refer to my books as being horror. Now, I don't think I write horror because, and I say this as I'm a big wuss. Like, my wife loves a horror movie. My old flatmate, Gary Delaney, who's doing the Leeds event movie, massive fan of horror movies, to the point where, like, we used to go to the cinema and... uh, Elaine and Gary, my actually, because we all lived together at one point, they would go and see a horror movie, and I would go into another screen with Sarah, Gary's now wife, and we'd watch like an animated film or whatever else was on that wasn't a horror movie, because she doesn't like horror movies either. So yeah, I say this because I've had this. I won't say which shop, but I had this discussion with someone in the shop uh, when I found one of my books wrongly put in under horror. And he was like, "Oh no, it's horror." I was like, "Well, it's not." I mean, I, 
it's like all it is. And I was like, it's that weird thing where I don't know if you've ever had to argue with someone where there's something so evidently it's like someone coming up to you and saying your name's Steve and you go no it's not it's Paul and they go nope it's definitely Steve and you're like I can't that's probably a bad example because you need to pull out ID and prove that whereas I'd like written that book and I'm like going it's it's not horror it's 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 got a vampire in it it does make it horror because I say this because I mean we've had people say very nice things about my book but also mention the word horror in there and I'm a wussy, but I don't really... I've, oh, God, I've tried to... I have read a couple of few, few Stephen King books, and I know they are great. But one of the more horror ones, uh, I've never I've never seen The Shining. And I've tried to read the book of The Shining a couple of times. And I, I don't even get to the hotel. A friend of mine bought me the book, because a girl I used to work with in London back in the day. She bought me the book, and I genuinely got so disturbed by the incredibly well-written description of uh, a young girl breaking her arm, just falling over and breaking her arm. The sickening thing, <laughs> I just didn't get beyond that. So I say that because I, I don't write horror, I don't think. And I think this, this, there's a little element of it, of course there is. But like that's like saying there's a little bit of element in like a Lee Child book of humour, but he's not writing funny books. Why do I keep picking Lee Child as an example? I feel like I'm constantly trying to get Lee Child into a feud with me. I don't know why, because I'll lose. He's a big man. But yes, so this is the prologue. Having said that, obviously this is, I mean, you know this from the, you can see, if you've seen the cover, Relight My Fire is kind of my take on zombies, which I'm very excited about because Gary, as I was referring to, and I said Gary was a fan of horror movies, his favourite things are zombies. And uh, to the point where he has a room in his house called the zombie room, where basically he got lots, he, he constantly has zombies. He's lots of zombie stuff he got himself. And frankly, if you're buying something for Gary for his birthday or Christmas, invariably all it buying him zombie stuff because the man basically spends all of his time doing comedy. He doesn't have much in the way of like other interests. So we just get him but zombie stuff. So he has the zombie room where his wife has agreed all the zombie stuff can go, including, I believe, a full size zombie, if I remember rightly. So, yeah. Gary, massive fan of zombies. I was quite one of the most pleasing things about it was I explained to him how zombies worked in this book, and he went, "That's a very good, interesting take on zombies I have never heard before." And Gary's actual prediction was, "Give it three to four years, I reckon that's going to be ripped off in a movie." So there we go. We could all look out for that. That'll be exciting. But I said, "Yes, it is my take on zombies." And the prologue is the weird thing about it is that there's a bit of sort of sort of stuff in it, like you know, it's a little. If you were to think my books were horror, this would be the scene you think might have a little. But I think it doesn't really have that much in it. Having said that, people are always asking about editors and what kind of notes you get and stuff. The only note I got on this book was there is an, an author's note at the start of it. It's actually about AI and how because AI people you know everyone's always talking about AI with books now and talking about AI with everything really. But, you know, can AI write books and stuff? And um, are people using AI to write books? Which I, I think they are. I think they're using them to write bad books, if I'm honest. Because it can do an impersonation, but it can't actually do creativity, as far as I'm aware. And even if it can, it was a great tweet, I think, summed these things up beautifully, which said, I really didn't think technology was going to be writing all the books and, and painting all the paintings while we're doing the menial jobs, which is exactly right. That's not what are we doing as a society if we're thinking that, creativity is now done by AI so I put a note in about AI effectively because you know to say I wasn't none of it was used and I wouldn't use it in in these things and uh, to make the point I talk about my dog Diller because you know me I'm always talking about my dog Diller but uh, but when I say about notes from the uh, thing I initially had this thing about it's all about you know I can get I could get a robot to, to walk the dog to do all this to do all this and I you know uh, and I don't because I never lost the, the best friend I have but in that, I did, and anyone's a dog owner, you've done this. this I basically refer to the fact that uh, I have occasion, on occasion, 
I have had to, uh, by the way, this is, this is a reasonably graphic image. I say that because it, it upsets some people in my, in my editorial team. But anyone who's got a dog knows this. If they eat a load of grass you, or a rope or something, you occasionally have to pull it out of the back end of them. And, you know, you, you put a, you cannot use your bear, you put a poo bag around your thing and pull it out and stuff. And the poor dog's very confused because he's trying to have a poo and it's not working. So, yeah, I referred to doing that. And uh, they say about the horror element, no one had any problem with this prologue. No one had any notes on that or indeed any of the other scenes in it. But my editor and my agent both came. My, I, my editor first said, oh, could you could you take the thing with the dog? <laughs> the, 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 no, I was like, oh, don't be such a so prissy. And I said it to my agent. And my agent's genu- Ed's exact quote was, ah, for the lo- I was eating lunch when you sent me that thing. Oh, God, no. So I did take that out of the author's notes. But yeah, weirdly with this prologue, nobody had any problems. So my point is, I can't be that much of a horror writer if I am, which I haven't. And let's all try and put the kibosh on that. So without further ado, obviously it's Brendan reading it as always. Yeah, do, oh, I'm sure, do get the pre-orders in as quick as you can. I'm starting doing all the sign-ins and stuff now. Wonderwife asked me to mention that. Do get all in and buy your tickets for the, oh, tickets for the, all the events. If you go to Warstones for Leeds, Liverpool, Manchester and Glasgow and Kibworth Books, just look up Kibworth Books. As I said, it's in Leicestershire. It's in the town of Kibworth, I believe. And you can buy uh, tickets to the events there and stuff. As always, any questions do give us a shout. But without further ado, I now present to you the prologue of Relight My Fire, which is not a horror book. And with a gasp, she was awake. The first thing she became aware of was the torpid thumping of her heartbeat reverberating through her body. Cheyenne blinked repeatedly, trying to bring the world into focus. It was a world she did not recognise. She was in a room with what seemed to be discoloured metal walls, and there was no other furniture except for the metal chair she was sitting on. No, not sitting on. Strapped to. She looked down at her hands. Metal clasps were securing her forearms to the arms of the chair. She tried to move her feet, but something was holding them in place too. And her chest. There was something across her chest. She drew her head back and looked down. There was a metal restraint there too. Beneath it, she could see that she was wearing a green hospital gown. Two cannulas were inserted into the top of her right arm. One tube was attached to a blue IV and the other to a green. They led off to something behind her she couldn't see. Incongruous plinky-plunky music was being piped into the room from unseen speakers. It was the kind of stuff wellness spas played during massages in the mistaken belief it provided ambience. The cloying sound from the tinny speakers was joined by a female voice. Test 31, 11.22am. Subject has regained consciousness. Seems relatively alert. The tone changed from clinical to irritated. Do you have to eat that in here? What? came a gruff male voice. I haven't had my breakfast. I gotta do the clean-up after and... Cheyenne tried to speak, but she couldn't. The noise coming from her throat was no more than a wheezy rasp. At least use a plate! You're leaving crumbs everywhere, you unhygienic toad! Cheyenne gagged, worked her jaw and desperately tried to locate her voice. 
The slow drumbeat of her heart picked up pace ever so slightly as she did so. She finally spoke, her voice croaky. Hello? And do your flies up, you awful, worthless lump of ineptitude! The response to this was an unintelligible grumble. I can hear you! shouted Cheyenne, finding volume at last. The voices stopped. Then the woman spoke in a sniping whisper. The mic is live, you blithering idiot! Have you got it on mute? Of course I... Please, talk to me, pleaded Cheyenne. What's going on? The voices stopped squabbling, and after a moment, the female voice came through, louder now, speaking in a slow, measured tone. Okay, Cheyenne. You're all right. Relax. Everything is fine. Where am I? You are safe. There was an accident, but you are okay now. An image flashed into Cheyenne's mind. She was looking down at a supermarket shopping trolley, trying to lean on the handle as it rolled away from her, and she stumbled to the ground. I don't... For the record, said the voice, can you please tell me your full name? I... Cheyenne scanned the room again. The tempo of the drumbeat kicked up another notch. Where am I? You are in a hospital. Just relax and let me help you. Now, what is your full name? Cheyenne Jane Rivers, she said, almost on autopilot. She looked down again. Wait, why am I strapped to this chair? It's just a precaution, answered the voice. Now, what are your parents' names? Martin and Philomena Rivers, she paused. Only mum is dead. Excellent. I mean, and are you married? Yes, to Kieran. Oh, God, where's Kieran? I need to speak to Kieran. He's waiting outside. The tempo picked up once more. The kids! Someone needs to pick the kids up! Sarah's at ballet and Tom's at his friend's house! The friend? How could she not remember Tom's friend's name? I... I can't remember, but Kieran will know. Tell him to get the kids. Your children are with Kieran. Everything is fine. Try to remain calm. I want to see them! You will soon. I... Cheyenne tugged at the restraints. Let me go! This... What kind of hospital is this? You're fine. You became confused, Cheyenne. And we just need to make sure you're okay. And then the restraints will be removed and you can see you're... Confused? What do you mean, confused? The tempo nudged up again, the drumbeat growing ever faster, louder now too. How am I confused? That's not important, said the voice. The sooner you answer our questions, the sooner you can get out of here. Now, what is your date of birth? The 17th of June, 1981. 
What hospital is this? We're a private clinic. Where did you go to school? St. Martin's Primary and... Wait, why do you need to know that? We're just testing your memory. Relax. These are just standard questions. Please, take a deep breath and calm yourself. Cheyenne tried to comply with the instruction. It felt weird, though, drawing breath in, like something was very wrong, like she hadn't been doing it until she'd been instructed to do so. Can you tell me the last place you went on holiday? Mexico. She scanned the room again. There were no windows, and everything was metal. Why was everything metal? Okay, Cheyenne. Did you have any pets when... What's that smell? I'm sorry? Cheyenne tried to concentrate as the thumping of her heartbeat threatened to drown out her thoughts. It smells of petrol in here, or something like petrol. Just a moment. Cheyenne heard a soft click, and then the voice spoke again. Interesting. Subject reports olfactory functionality, which is... Why did you refer to me as the subject? I... The voice stopped, and then could be heard hissing off mic. The stupid mute button doesn't work! You had one job! It was working yesterday, whined the male voice. Sorry about that, Cheyenne, said the female voice again, back to sounding detached and reasonable. Nothing to worry about. Let me out, screamed Cheyenne. You need to remain calm. Stop telling me to stay calm! Let me out! The drumbeat was frantic now, her pulse thundering in her ears. Cheyenne, if you want to see your... Let me out! She yelled at the top of her lungs while rocking back and forth, straining every sinew against the metal restraints. Let me out! 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 Just... Cheyenne screamed again. No words this time, just wild, visceral rage. Then she turned her head, wrapped her teeth around the tubes that were pumping God knows what into her right arm, and wrenched them out. The flesh of her forearm was sliced open from where it had worked against the restraint, and her entire arm was hanging at an unnatural angle, like it was broken, but there was no pain. No blood. It meant she could pull it out. She tilted her back and roared. Freedom. Of a sort. The female voice gave a resigned sigh. 11.24am. Test 31. Terminated. Cheyenne screeched primal fury at the soot-marked ceiling as the rhythm of her heart consumed her world. No longer individual beats, but one continuous indistinguishable wall of sound. She waved her freed left arm about, her hand dangling at a sickening angle as she screamed with everything she had. Some small remaining part of her mind was dimly aware of a clicking noise somewhere behind her. Then, a pause of a couple of seconds, and ignition. Thank you for listening to the Stranger Times podcast. 
If you've enjoyed it, then please leave a rating wherever you get your pods. The Stranger Time series of books by C.K. McDonnell are available right now in all good bookshops. Check out thestrangetimes.com for loads more fun stuff and to sign up for the newsletter where just for subscribing you'll get yourself a sweet free ebook containing some Stranger Times short stories. This podcast is produced by Rob B at BEE with Ed Wilson and Wonderwife Exec Producing and all materials are copyright McFory Inc. Limited. All of the short stories written by me, C.K. McDonnell, and the music is done by Alan McGuire with John McCullough as musical Sven Gallagher.